was a kid, I loved Bert and Ernie. Actually, that's only half true. I loved Ernie and Bert, well, Bert came along with him. Most kids loved Grover and later Elmo. Not me. I loved Ernie. As an adult, I realized how unfair I was to Bert. Ernie was the one getting all the laughs, while poor Bert was the butt of his jokes. And while I still love Ernie, it seems as if the tables have turned. The almighty Google has helped Bert get his revenge. Stay tuned to find out how. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Before you start to worry that Bert from Sesame Street has come to life and devised an evil plan to destroy us all for laughing at him all these years, let me put your mind at The Bert I'm referring to is Google's latest algorithm update, and it's out for revenge on irrelevant, spammy, link farming content. Let's start with the facts. BERT stands for Bidirectional Encoder Representations from Transformers. Yeah, I have no idea either. What those big words mean is that search is now a lot more contextual than ever before. So BERT means that Google now understands context, including word order, far better than before. According to Search Engine Journal, it helps a machine to understand which words in a sentence mean, but with all the nuances of context. Christopher S. Penn gives an interesting example in his article, which we'll link to in the show notes. He says, let's say you have a website about coffee shops in Boston, but the word espresso never appears on the page. If someone asks their voice-activated assistant about the nearest espresso shop, your site may show up in their search results because Bert understands that a coffee shop would also serve espresso. There are tons of implications. Local content is going to be even easier for local people to find. And even insider lingo and jargon are going to be useful, both from an SEO and engagement perspective. I've always said your role as a content developer is to create the very best piece of content on the internet for your topic. If you do that, it won't matter what Google does. You'll always be compliant. Their goal is always to return the very best piece of content on the internet in search, desk, mobile, and voice. If your content fits the bill, nothing much changes for you. But this also means you have to get incredibly focused. Figure out what your target market is and focus solely on that. The content that is far too general and so basic that it fits any audience will not work. It has to be targeted, focused, in-depth, and well, the best. Have you ever tried to ask Alexa a question only to get a response you weren't expecting? The other day, I asked her when daylight saving begins. She gave me a long dissertation about what it is and why it exists. Great. But when does it begin? Don't be Alexa in your content. Answer the freaking question. If you do that, and if your content truly is the best on the internet for the topic, Bert will have crazy good implications for you. We've talked a lot recently about artificial intelligence and automation. This Google update is exactly that in action. BERT uses deep learning to understand and respond to human language as, well, as humans see it. So what does that mean for communicators? The first thing to remember is that BERT is about analyzing the search terms, not your website. 
It's helping search engines understand what a person is looking for, and then it goes out to the web to find results that fulfill that search the most accurately. If I Google when does daylight saving begin, the first result I get is March 8th through November 1st. I don't even have to ask it when it ends. Google knows that that's likely going to be the next question and provides it before I even have to ask it. That means that if the website you provide content for has spent the last couple of decades creating content filled with awkward keywords in the hope of getting to the coveted first page spot of Google, you're out of luck. Bird is coming to get you, and the creators who have been writing awesome content for humans all along will see, or already have seen, a real jump. When you think about what that looks like, consider this. Is it highly targeted and focused? Does it answer what, when, where, why, and how? Does it dig deeper and provide more in-depth information? Can you find the content on the internet for the topic that's better than yours? The aim of a search engine is, and always has been, to give a human user the information they are actually looking for. BERT makes that even easier and more natural. If the answer to, can you find content on the internet for the topic that's better than yours, is yes, hang tight for just a minute. I'll be back to put your mind at ease. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO Model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. The secret to good content for the internet in 2020 is simple. You need to eat it. E-A-T. It. That's right. Eat it. I'm actually getting a little Michael Jackson inspiration right now. Beat it. Beat it. No one wants to be defeated. I also shouldn't sing. (laughs) James Kay, a co-founder of Big Ideas Machine in London, had me on their podcast last week. If you don't know him his agency, or his podcast, I cannot recommend them more highly. Well, he's our kind of people. We were talking about this strange phenomenon where people complain about all the crap online or in their inbox, and then they get in front of their computer screens and they pump out the same old crap. Is it because this is what we're asked to do? We don't know how to do better? We aren't paid to do better? Whatever the reason, it has to change, or you'll soon start being blamed for not showing up in search at all. If you produce great content, it will always be eatable. <laughs> Eat stands for expertise, authority, and trust. 
When you create content that is original, informative, targeted, engaging, in other words, when you write for humans first, you automatically check all the EAT boxes. Google loves eatable content and will reward you for it with high surge rankings and more traffic. And now that Bert understands context and nuance, you get extra Google love when people search for information that's related to your topic, even when they don't use your exact keywords, kind of like the coffee shop espresso example Chris Penn was talking about. So if you're not already producing eatable content, how do you get there? It's relatively easy. Think about all the questions your people, your customers, prospects, brand ambassadors, loyalists, colleagues, and even friends and family might ask about your topic, and then answer those questions in your content. Don't give me a dissertation about daylight saving time. Tell me when it starts and when it ends. Remember those words I used a little while ago? You know, original, informative, targeted, and engaging? That's priority number one. Understand your brand voice, understand your audience's avatars, use personality, be free with juicy information. In my opinion, no one is better at this than Anne Handley. She can take the most mundane topic and make it interesting. Case in point, one of her most recent newsletters talks about a glass bottle of Dr. Pepper she saw at an event she keynoted in Dallas. Apparently there are numbers, 10, 2, and 4, on every bottle, and she tells you why. I won't spoil the surprise. You can find a link to it in the show notes, but I guarantee you're now intrigued about a glass bottle of Dr. Pepper. I'm not saying you have to be Anne Handley, but you do have to find interesting ways to produce content about your topic that is different than everyone else. This is where thought leadership and authority comes in. It also requires a bit of risk because you're going to say things that upset the apple cart, and that's always a little uncomfortable. But when you create the very best content on the internet for your topic, you will win every time. Now that your content is eatable and you understand you can't get behind your computer screen and pump out the same dribble as everyone else, there are some things you do have to do for the robots. In our ultimate blog checklist, we talk about the different elements you should include in your web content. You can find a link to it in the show notes so you can get a full assessment of everything to include, but I'll quickly review a few of the technical elements. First, mind your image alt tags. Make sure your images are labeled with accurate, descriptive words. Not only does this add context to your content, it has the benefit of making it accessible to people who are using screen reading software. Major win. Next, choose related posts that are truly well, relate it. Whether you use a plugin or do it manually, taking some time to choose additional content is helpful. You're giving the human readers the opportunity to learn more and stay invested, and you're giving the search engines a big neon sign that says, this is related, pay attention. And lastly, choose your keywords wisely. Just because the internet itself is getting smarter doesn't mean you should let it make all the decisions regarding what your content is about. Help it out, and you'll win lots faster. Doing SEO research and choosing a relevant keyword is still a worthwhile use of your time. Context is great, but clarity is better. The good news is this. If you create content that people actually read, watch, or listen to and share, the Google changes, including BERT, won't hurt you. You also don't need to stress every time there's an algorithm update. However, 
because you've been naughty. And by naughty, I mean that you've been spewing out low value, spammy content, only focused on keyword density and backlinks, or creating the same old dribble as everyone else. You do well to get that under control. That's all for this week. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to share this episode with a colleague and join us in the best community of communicators on the internet. You can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 